The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to e-commerce playbook week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to go through the playbook to grow your e-commerce brand using the best of today's landscape. Joining us today is Devon Carlson-Smith, who is the Chief Strategy Officer at Finch, which empowers e-commerce companies to grow revenue and reach through access to their strategic services and advertising management platform. Finch helps e-commerce company clients define their business goals, automate their spend across channels, optimize campaigns at a granular level, and access actionable cross-platform reports to drive growth and revenue across Google, Microsoft, Amazon, DSPs, and Facebook. They are also a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast, so we're excited to have them as our guests today. Yesterday, Devin and I talked about understanding today's e-commerce landscape and some of the changes and challenges that the modern marketer is facing. Today, we're going to continue the conversation talking about how you can create a sustainable growth strategy for your e-commerce business. All right, here's the second installment of e-commerce playbook week with Devin Carlson-Smith, Chief Strategy Officer at Finch. Devin, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. How are you, Ben? I'm good. I'm good. Excited to continue our conversation. Talk a little e-commerce. How are we hawking our products across the internet? That's it. I mean, brands need a better way to grow online. Yesterday, we covered a lot of ground talking about the state of e-commerce. And I kind of raised the point. It's a multi-front war for marketers where we have to figure out, are we going to promote our website or are we promoting a marketplace listing like an Amazon listing? How are you figuring out what advertising channels you're using to get in front of your audience? And then what are the resources, technologies, and people that you need to staff and allocate your budget appropriately? Today, I want to talk about creating a sustainable growth strategy. And I think the key word there is sustainable. Most people think of e-commerce. They think of, well, where are you running your Facebook ads or your e-commerce, your performance marketing ads? And I think that there's other things to think about other than just your advertising strategy. Talk to me about what makes an e-commerce growth strategy actually sustainable? I'm glad you raised it because honestly, the first point that we're trying to actually correct here is a mindset associated with creating growth as a campaign. One of the big misnomers that's happening and has been going on for years is that the marketing stack and your media spend is designed to run a campaign to get results. And we've gotten ourselves into this cycle 
where we are constantly chasing the next campaign. How is the performance run? How did we spend the dollars? What were the attribution metrics? And how did we perform in our sales? And ultimately, by going down that path, we start spending more and more time trying to optimize these campaigns and squeezing more out of each media dollar, when in actual fact, what we're doing is creating a race to zero. Because if you have a marketing strategy that's fixed and you go after it the same way with the same promotional strategies every year and you're spending the same dollars in the same platforms and you're expecting a different result, you're kidding yourself. Because ultimately, those platforms are set to do one thing. And what we're trying to do is reshape the mindset that says to create a sustainable growth strategy, you need to lift your eyes off the campaign structure and create a longer horizon and purview towards a 12-month or an 18-month persistent strategy that continues to evolve. And adaptation is the key phrase there. I really appreciate that you're talking about creating a growth strategy that is not a near-term growth strategy, because I think that's the dance that as marketers, as mostly in-house marketers, we always get stuck with is, here's a pile of money, show me results now. I want to put a dollar in and in real time get $2 out so I understand the trajectory of my business. And I will frame this as performance marketing versus content marketing, not to say that the two don't overlap and that they're always the same. You can use performance marketing to boost your content marketing and content to boost your performance marketing, but let's separate them out as two groups. If you focus on performance marketing and solely performance marketing, you're you're eating your sugar. You're going to get an immediate return, but you're going to run into the point of diminishing returns. If you create a content strategy and you focus on that, you're not going to be able to attribute those returns in real time and you may never be able to attribute them to an exact, you know, and identify them to an exact purchase doesn't mean they're not having an effect on your brand. So how do you balance those two? with, I want to make my content, build my social media, grow my podcast, do my PR, build my brand that has to have some sort of positive effect over time. And I ran this campaign on Google and now I have more money in my pocket. Yeah. We're addicted to instant results, right? We want to see that every dollar in has a positive ROI and a positive return on ad spend. Like we're programmed that way. And that's not to say that's wrong. But I think you would probably also argue that in today's world, you've got to have this balance between paid, earned, and owned, right? We've been hearing about this forever. In the e-commerce world, the paid is a disproportionate amount of that paid, earned, and owned strategy because it's directly attributable to purchase and sales. Now, let's park attribution for a second because that's a non-forensic science in the world of advertising. You can't quite get to the exact numbers that match the CFOs. So let's park that for a second. But the paid, earned, and owned elements that are so essential really need to be balanced in a way that says, look, I'm going to park some money here for it paid. I'm going to park some money for our content strategy. And I'm going to park some money here for, let's say, our earned side of things in social. The patience curve and the attribution that should be associated with each of those channels is very different. And we blend them together far too often. Obviously, uh, we've all heard of paid, earned, and owned as the ways to think about breaking up your media spend. And I think that there is a point where each one of them is necessary, and it changes over time. When you're an early stage company and you're trying to find product market fit and show early growth and traction so you can validate the existence of your business, you're probably doing a lot of paid. 
when you're Coca-Cola, your brand and establishing your brand and keeping it relevant is probably more important than whatever Facebook ads you're going to be running to go D to C to sell Coca-Cola, right? The biggest brands in the world are the biggest businesses in the world. So talk to me about what a marketer needs at different stages of their growth to be successful. Where should they be rebalancing across those three mediums of marketing? In order to get the correct formula for each of those, you really need to take it up one level higher. And this is where I would advise when talking to CMOs and brands, thinking about how they approach this from a top-down, predominantly from a business KPI perspective, right? Far too often when we establish our channels or our strategies, we're doing it based on the return on ad spend for those channels and not tying it through to a business KPI, whether that's a 30% year-over-year growth, whether that's a financial online number that they need to hit, whether that's a new footprint geographically that they want to expand to, or a set of product SKUs that they want to open up. Those business objectives ultimately are where we should all be trying to align our e-commerce strategies in paid, earned, and owned. So we can move the needle on those, not on the KPIs that we think are the most relevant because somehow they're loosely correlated to the business goals. And one of the tricky things to navigate inside the e-commerce world is when you're spending media dollars inside of a marketplace, whether it be Amazon or Google or Bing or Facebook and so on, they have a set of KPIs and metrics that in many ways serve their platforms. So you spend $1 and you get a ROAS of 1.3. That sounds pretty good. I spent a dollar, I got a dollar 30 back. That's pretty good. But that's a ROAS of 1.3 which is not really good when it comes to the long-term business impact of the dollars you're bringing in the door. What I'm hearing is that, A, don't trust the platforms. They're out for themselves. They are a tool. And honestly, I can't tell you how many times I've run a Facebook or LinkedIn campaign where it tells me I get a certain number of clicks and then I check my analytics and it's like a third of those clicks. They all take credit for everything. Yeah. Look, the attribution model is non-forensic. So I'm not blaming the marketplaces here. They're in business to try and grow their piece of the pie and they are doing a service. The question you asked earlier was how, as a marketer, do you distribute your time, energy, and treasure across those channels to effectively make an impact? And it starts with a strategic overview of the business goals. And secondly, it aligns itself less around this campaign and more towards a outgoing horizon. And thirdly, it involves keeping a growth mindset that says, what worked in the past is not guaranteed to be my only sequence for growing in the future. The idea of adding continually different campaign groups over time that are serving your needs, not necessarily the needs of what the marketplace are. And this is an important distinction because when you're a brand and you're thinking about all the places you could spend your media capital, most of the time, the options are given to you in a bundled environment. If you go into a Google environment, they have multiple different channels from YouTube to search to shopping to all of their assets, and your dollars will be distributed across those. The transparency as a brand of where those dollars are actually placed and the return that comes and the attribution of where a client or a customer may have seen those ads is not something that's readily available. And it's difficult to understand if your media dollars in those cases, when applied towards a blanket pattern, are the most effective, or whether you could have an alternative which picked and chooses some of the more appropriate channels for your business. 
So as you think about sustainability in your growth strategy, look, let's not beat around the bush. Performance marketing should be part of your e-commerce growth strategy. It's very important. There is an over-reliance on performance marketing in e-commerce, which at some point hinders brand because they've underinvested on the organic growth channels, the higher ROI channels that take longer to cultivate. And they're hard to figure out what their actual return is. So when you're thinking about the sustainability of growth, how do you rationalize making the investments that you need to make early on in the channels that are going to mature over time as opposed to get into that performance-based anxiety that us marketers tend to feel? It's funny you mentioned anxiety because it's something that we categorize with several of our clients that come to us initially which they would say, hey, we're doing paid marketing, we're using these channels, and we think that we could be getting more. And one of the big things to get over is to position this as really a growth mindset that says, okay, I'm going to stop doing campaigns and expecting increased return over time. That's just a fallacy. It's going to ultimately reduce to flat line growth. Instead, if we talk about growth mindset and say, the best way to think about this is to have a diverse portfolio of how you want to be spreading your media capital, you end up reaching what we call a plateau or this growth anxiety that some brands will buy into the mindset, but they get nervous once they reach a point from which their team internally can't manage that many campaigns, or they feel uncomfortable being spread that thin across multiple different areas partially because they can't see it, and partially because traditionally we've been locked into this non-transparent world, which is difficult to quantify how your media dollars are being spent and measured. So if we focus on this growth mindset and say, hey, this is what we're going to be doing, the next thing that we overcome is, well, then how do I manage this many channels by myself or with my agency or with my internal team? Like, I can't do it. It's more than I have. How do I do this successfully? And this will get into a little bit later on as far as where we think this is heading, but the idea about having software to be able to be on the buy side of the equation, not just on the sell side, but actually in the corner of the brands to help them manage multiple campaigns, which previously had hit a ceiling. We've come to a point where software can actually play a role on behalf of the brands to get the most out of the best channels that fit their needs. And we think it's coming. I think that there's two ways to think about it. There's software, data, optimization. The more that you understand how to effectively target and evaluate what's working in real time, the better a performance marketer you're going to be. I also think that there's a people and a muscle memory component to where we are used to building content. We've built that muscle and that in-house knowledge to regularly produce content. We're on the content marketing treadmill and we see the returns get better and bigger over time because we know how to just do that. It becomes a second thought, right? It's not something that you're actively thinking about doing. It's just part of the marketing program is to create and syndicate your content and that bears fruit over time. Yes. And if you think about it, your resources can only do so much. So part of what we're trying to answer the question is, what's the best use for my resources? Is it to be a data jockey and to spend a lot of time pouring through the numbers and looking for patterns and trying to redeploy campaigns and optimize and automate? Or is it designed to take more strategic thought and say, hey, what did I learn about my audience? How are they discovering us? What's their lead time to be able to make a purchase? How often should I retarget them? 
what's a adequate sequence for the amount of shopping cart that they're going to buy this purchase versus an LTV purchase where they're coming back multiple times. And I'd rather put my horsepower into solving those problems than going through the mechanics of running through a campaign architecture, structure, automation, and so on. I think that being able to be diverse, flexible, but also keeping your eye on the customers and and having a better grip and understanding of your business performance, of what your KPIs are more important than being in the details of each individual campaign. 100%. And that's the big change that's happening, Ben, is that the brands are recognizing that they need transparency. They are looking for control. They're not looking for a black box solution where a marketplace might say, give us all your media budget, we'll just make it work. They're looking for a way of actually deciphering the data the way they know how to understand their own customers and their business. And there's this swing, this pendulum swing that is saying, as much as Google smart campaigns and turnkey solutions from Amazon and Facebook are super easy to run, they don't ultimately serve the brands that are providing for them because there's less control and transparency associated with those types of turnkey automated campaigns. It's a multi-front war, and we're going to do a practical walkthrough tomorrow to talk to you about some of the e-commerce tactics that you can implement for your business. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Devrin Carlson-Smith, the Chief Strategy Officer of Finch. If you'd like to hear more of Devrin and Finch's tips for e-commerce success, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when Devrin and I walk through some practical e-commerce tactics. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Devrin, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Devrin, D-E-V-R-I-N, or you could visit his company's website, which is Finch.com, F-I-N-C-H.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.